Hey, it's Amino Hassan, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel Podcast. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast, or if you are joining us bright and early right now, live in Arizona, we appreciate you guys. My name is Tim Tompkins. As always, joining us, Mr. Greg Esposito. Oh, and Dave King. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, Suns fans? Y'all getting y'all getting bored? Yes. I have never been border. I <laughs> I sat and literally watched uh two hours worth of a Suns game played over two decades ago, uh last uh, Sunday. So Yes. I, and I loved it. Fun to watch the nineteen ninety yeah. Suns versus Lakers game five. I had never actually watched that all the way through. Same here. In fact, I'm not much of a classic games watch it all the way through every second kind of guy. Yeah, I had never uh, I had never seen the game, so I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And I, I actually thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and realized, uh, you know, I was watching and they were on the road in L.A., so they were wearing the purple Western font uniforms and realized I yeah. highly underrated those uniforms. I actually think I may wind up in the camp where I think they should bring those back before they bring the sunburst back. But, uh, because I, I fell in love with those while watching that game. Uh, uh, so maybe it's just quarantine, uh, and I'm going a little crazy, stir crazy. And I'd love anything that a, uh, that a sports team was wearing because at least it felt like I was watching sports, but I, uh, I think I severely underrated those uniforms and severely underrated the impact that Mark West had on a basketball court. That man uh, seemed to be involved in uh, in all sorts of plays that you just don't remember Mark West being involved in. So, And you know what? One of the effects of quarantine, and sorry, Tim, we'll get back to you in a second. I'm just going. One of the effects of quarantine that I did not expect is those short shorts were severely underrated too. <laughs> I did not, those guys, I did not no, feel no. that way. Compression shorts were the um, MVP back I can't, then. Yes. Compression shorts were the MVPs of that era for sure. Um, I think it's, I think it was fun to watch that. I know it was fun to watch those guys and I'm sure they have fun watching those, those kind of games back. Jeff Hornacek. God, I still miss you guys. I miss, still, still miss you around here. I wish you were back around um and uh it was fun watching him make some big shots he was like our basically kind of a devin booker except not as good not quite as good but um definitely our kind of devin booker back in the day i watched kevin uh, johnson was freaking (laughs) unstoppable though sorry tim kevin johnson going back to that game the thing that i took away is Nobody can stop Magic Johnson, obviously, when he's on a roll. But nobody can stop Kevin Johnson either. It's just amazing watching that dude play for two full hours on a game. I I, I am just so impressed with that kid. And that was only his third year. Those guys were young in that game. Well, that was that was pre-injury Kevin Johnson too. So you were oh, getting yeah. that was healthy Kevin. You were getting getting the full uh, uh, the full ability there. Uh, people forget you know everybody thinks. 92-93, oh, Kevin Johnson was Kevin Johnson. He wasn't. Played 49 games. If you get fully healthy Kevin Johnson, that's a different season, too. So, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, he, he was amazing in that. And then Dan Marley had a huge second half. Didn't score in the first. And I think dropped uh, 18 yeah. points in the second. Uh, so, 
I love that we're recapping a game from uh, almost 30 years ago. So, <laughs> But that's how starved we are right now. And I think they have another game on uh, Fox Sports Arizona on Sunday. It's uh, Suns uh, Mavericks uh, Western Conference Finals from 0405, I believe. So we'll get a little Steve Nash in seven seconds or less Suns on uh, on Sunday if uh, if you're listening to this uh, prior to that. So. NBA TV had, they were playing a couple of uh, uh, Suns classics with uh, Suns Lakers, and there was a game I was watching where uh, Jared Dudley, man, I think I think it was his second second season or something, um, and he looked athletic, and it just yeah. was a really strange thing to see. There was a period of time that Jared Dudley was in, in, in incredible shape. He was actually playing fully uh, two-guard, small forward, not any power forward time at all. And he was actually the sun's best, um, and a passable perimeter defender. Athletic hands, Jared Dudley. Yeah, (laughs) he was actually, he had a, he had a really good, really good, uh, development to his career until, um, well, he basically, he was at the very athletic peak of his career, uh, here uh, early on. Yeah. Uh, watch another game. It was the last year that the Suns didn't make uh, the playoffs. It was the year before Steve Nash was traded, where he had a uh, Gortat and Channing Frye, Grant Hill. Uh, that was that was fun. I I still really wanted them to follow that up though with a uh, with the Louis Skoll and Michael Beasley game. <laughs> Why? Why did NBA TV show a game from a thirty three and thirty? Uh, 30, I think that was the 33 and 33 season because they, it was a, a the the uh, lockout shortened yeah. season. They finished five. Games. Yeah, they finished 500. Why did they? Why in the world did they show a game from that season? I mean, they're starving for content too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you got <laughs> a certain point. They're just they're just showing things. They, they've there was there was a, a weekend. Uh, was it last Friday? Or Friday or last Saturday? Where like all the games though, and it wasn't one of these games, but all the games they put on were just like absolute fire. I mean, they they played the uh, the Ray Allen shot game with the Miami Heat. Uh, there were a couple of like other really like great great games that they were playing um and i just you know you, you start to reminisce a bit i, I guess it's only yeah. been like five six seven years since uh some of these some of these games but they played the um the mavericks heat game where the heat i believe were up in that finals two to oh and the mavericks came back from like 30 points down and ended up getting the win and then of course going on to uh win the championship itself but it's been it's been kind of fun to watch yeah they go from that to hey let's put a random uh suns game with marching Gortat and steve dad like there's well, it was suns lakers that's the reason why they were playing oh uh, i thought some poor yeah, some poor lakers. interns like hey i'm gonna uh I'm just going to pull one of these tapes out, and we're going to use that. And they just landed on a, a bizarre-ass Suns game. I love that I somebody act as if they the have BCR. tapes, you know? Like, yeah, somebody <laughs> found the VCR, exactly. So this week, before we get into it, I do want to take a moment to thank one of our supporters, Steve Holler, for uh, donating to the show on a monthly basis. Steve, um, Steve Greg, you are an myself. excellent athletic supporter. And Dave, really do appreciate you, so thank you so very much. But what we are going to do this week, which we're very excited about, not saying we're starved for content at all, is we are going to read the top headlines from Suns Reddit and react to them. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about this, this yeah. show. I actually love this kind of stuff because it's usually very random, and uh, that's 
That's where we live. That's uh, you know, some shows will give you hardcore analysis. Some shows will give you in-depth breakdowns. We'll give you completely random crap. So let's do this, guys. Uh, hold on, hold let's on. Name it. name a show where we gave like really no, no, no. in-depth I'm hardcore saying other, I'm saying other shows, <laughs> not us. I'm saying we always do the random crap. I'm saying other podcasts, uh, not ours. You know, we usually take we usually take hard hitting headlines and do random analysis of. Now we're taking top Reddit headlines six weeks after games are canceled, and doing random analysis. So this would be a really really good combo. You know, what would have been right. great is if we did serious breakdowns of these ten. Like we went in depth instead of random. We could do opposite. <laughs> yes. But that would have taken preparation. So we're not doing that. Let's get no. to the headlines, Tim. <laughs> this show had a total of two sentences preparation via text. So we're rolling with it. All right. The first one is, is from Little Use 3 on Suns Reddit. He said, proof the Suns are going to win the championship next season. 2018-2019, the Suns looked dominant for one game before a losing streak. 2019-2020, the Suns looked dominant for 11 games before a losing streak. Therefore, it is only reasonable to assume that they will look dominant for 111 games before a losing streak in 2020-2021. However, in an 82-game regular season and a maximum of 28 games in the playoffs era, there are only 110 games in which the Suns will look dominant for all of them and win the championship before falling off. (laughs) That's the headline? Well, well I mean, that's, that's the, the post. post. <laughs> well, that's the that's fact that, you know, I'm, I'm impressed somebody did that kind of math and, and went through and actually read the schedule to figure it out. And I sure as hell hope that uh, that this guy's on to something, because after everything we're dealing with, I would really love to see some random amazing sun season. Uh, next year that uh, that makes all of this uh, worth it somehow. I think I think yeah, it broke I Dave. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was letting you guys talk about it. Um, wow. So that it's it. I don't even know what to say about that. I think the Suns. I think if the Suns become randomly good, uh, that good. I don't know. I just can't see it. But I do see the Suns improving a heck of a lot next year because I do believe that James Jones is going to bring most of the um, core back. He's going to enhance the core. He's probably going to bring in another um, another starting caliber player at least in the offseason. It's going to be it's, it, they're going to be really good. Going all the way, I don't know about that, but uh, they're going to be good. I love that Dave took this premise and is trying to take it seriously. Where this guy, we said that this, I, I'm, I'm going with to try to take it seriously. This sure. guy obviously has been trapped in a very small apartment for the entire quarantine and is starting to write on his walls to figure out anything that he can. And this is no offense because we all feel stir crazy at this help, point. Is that what you're saying? I, I, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's there's weird things posted on Reddit, but I feel like this was legitimately thought out by this guy and, and did the math and looked at it, and he's he's trying to figure out how how this is actually in the fabric of the universe and this is going to play out, and he, he believes in it. <laughs> and, and I really hope that's true because I, I'm all for a guy that takes a crazy theory and, and is just, like, locked in on it. So... So I salute you. Thank you for uh, for giving me something to uh, to look forward to, even though uh, I don't think it'll happen. But, uh, you know, maybe you've tapped into something 
uh, that, that that's truly just uh, the reality of the way this uh, entire weird thing works, and uh, and we'll be all right, and there'll be 111 uh, dominant games from the Suns next year. And firing up the trade machine, this one comes from Rest in Peace Snoop Dogg. The headline is, Making Trades quotation work so other fan bases can see how dumb their proposed trade packages for Devin Booker really look and of course I'm sure that you guys have seen a couple of them floating around recently the Phoenix Suns would receive Maxi Kleber and Luka Doncic the Mavericks would receive Ricky Rubio I'm in (laughs) (laughs) I would take it done (laughs) I actually Finally, I, I love this. It too. works in the trade machine. Does it? So the proof there is that it works in the trade machine. Machine. So of course it has to be a viable trade. This right. is the ultimate. Who Perfect. says no? Right. <laughs> when you throw I, that out there. Love, you go. Who says what no? I love is my brain. My brain first goes. There's no way they throw Kleber in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not giving up Maxi Kleber for. Uh, <laughs> Not gonna happen. I know. Not gonna. Not this Luca kid, maybe, but no, no, not uh, not Max. I mean, they'd, they'd put KP in there before Cleaver. Cle- I mean, everyone loves Cleaver. I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Not just not Maxi. No. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, I I always love these because people are like, well, it works. Yeah, a lot of things work. That doesn't mean it's gonna it's gonna happen. I mean. Dave in certain areas works, but that doesn't mean he's getting any action right now. Okay, I mean that's <laughs> I'm I, working. Uh, Jaden in, in YouTube chat says, "Laugh my ass off," but James Jones would probably decline that. <laughs> hey, come on, uh, James Jones. Uh, James it, Jones is a smart guy. I, I, he's made some. Uh, he's made some great moves. I mean, uh, that, that that have worked out. So you know, he. He might get uh, he might get another Doncic in the deal. It may not be Luca, you know, on an accident. But uh... here's the thing you can say about James Jones: he has not brought a single trash player to the Suns. No, you can no. you can complain about him shipping players off and not getting enough back for not making moves, but he has not brought a single trash player to this team, which well, we he's... cannot say about previous regimes. Yeah, regimes, right? no, what he's what he's done is actually brought good players. However. Um, it's so far it's a pattern, but I think, well, we won't know for another year or so, whether it's an, uh, a pattern he doesn't know how to break, but the pattern he's got right now is high floor, uh, in the, at the expense of lower ceiling, right? So he's bringing in guys who have a higher floor. Um, the problem with everybody being high floor, low ceiling is that there's always a low ceiling. He's banking on the fact that Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton have that high ceiling, um, and he's only supplementing around them right now. So we won't know for a little while whether the Suns are actually, um, you know, whether James Jones knows how to build a team in multiple ways. But right now, he's filling in the floor, basically, so the Suns can't fall through it again. Um, That said, of course, he would take... (laughs) Luca and Maxi yeah, Kleber come, for come on. Ricky Rubio. J- James Jones has done one hell of a job, and uh, and yeah. anybody that doesn't see it right now uh, just isn't looking. They're they're looking for a reason to hate on things. He's done a great job, uh, and now we just need to take that next step uh, next year. I mean, he did what he set out and what he said he was going to do this season. It was a stepping stone season. They were going to prove that uh, that they could. 
learn how to win and and get the kind of culture that they wanted. Check, they did that. I like, that the, this I like year. the comments. The, not only after the uh, um, James Jones would decline that. Maxie's a free agent after this season, as if that matters. <laughs> I, li- I love that Jim found the one reason this deal wouldn't work uh, technically is he's a free agent, so he can't make the move. Jim, so Jim, you've outdone I, the guy on Reddit. Congratulations. Kurt in the uh, YouTube chat, he said Ty Jerome referring to James Jones actually bringing a trash player. Look, where was Ty drafted? Like number 24? If he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. Yeah. But you did not bring a trash player to the team because of somebody that you picked at number 24 that didn't end up being a star, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, let's be let's be realistic. It wasn't the second pick right. in the draft. It, it wasn't it wasn't a Derek Williams, as hard as it is to say. It wasn't a Dragon Bender, right? Yeah, it definitely wasn't a Dragon Bender or, or a Marquise Chris or, or an Alex Len. Although Alex Land is a serviceable NBA player, he's not the yeah. value of the fifth. Sorry, pick. if you go back and look at that draft, Alex Len wasn't that bad of a pick when you look at in totality the top ten in that draft. That draft, um, you know, what was interesting, and I've never been a huge fan, but that's um, that's changing, I guess. Now, is Chad Ford? Uh, remember him from ESPN days, Mister mm-hmm. Mister yeah. uh, Draft Guy. Now he's got a podcast. He's come back with. Uh, uh, called the Big Board. In his first few episodes, he's redrafting prior drafts um, with uh, John Hollinger, his old buddy at ESPN, and that's actually a really good, really good show. Um, hey, he has a he has a podcast was podcast with Nate Duncan too. John Hollinger does. Yeah, I won't listen to that one. But Man, the uh, the one Chad Ford and John Hollinger is is just redrafting was pretty good. But uh, back to your comment there. Uh, Greg, you're right that Alex Len wasn't awful, but he didn't make it in the lottery of that redraft of 2013. And I would totally agree with how they did. I mean, moving picks around a little bit, they did a pretty good job of redrafting 2013. Of course, hindsight's 2020, right? When you can take Giannis number one overall, you're working on 100% hindsight. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's an interesting series. Um, surprisingly, when they redid the 2016 draft, neither of the Suns lottery picks made that lottery either <laughs> not hey where did uh what what about the uh the josh jackson draft they didn't do that one yet so they've done um uh, trying to remember 2014 and they i don't know if they had tj warren in the lottery there i don't think they did 2016 and 2013 are the ones that are um of note they did 27 2007 recently i haven't listened to that one yet because did the Suns even have a pick that year? I think they traded that one away. That I think that came um, uh, Serge Ibaka. What about the uh, the Devin Booker draft? They haven't done that one yet, so I'm waiting for those. Uh, for those, I, I would guess Devin Booker's top five in that draft, um, arguably two or three. I, I so still no, think... it's just that it's just the Alex Len draft and the Chris Bender draft that they've done so far that impact the current Suns rebuild. Um, so, anyway, check out that podcast. That I, was pretty good. Actually. I still feel like we need to do the trial of uh, of Ryan McDonough at some point, uh, where I defend him and and uh, and Dave takes the uh, uh, takes the prosecutor role. And we, I take you know, we the do that. I take the uh, sane role. Yeah. And you take the insane role. <laughs> nope, I I have a strong case that I think I could win people over. That okay. That it was not Dude, that Ryan McDonough this that is destroyed the, if the there Suns. There was ever a time to do a Ryan McDonough redraft. A year and a half after he got fired. This is the time. We've, Rona time is the time. We've got time. 
Next Saturday. It, it is on our here. side. Boom. <laughs> Tim, you have a week to find one of those wigs to put on as the judge. <laughs> Where am I going to find one? Order on Amazon, man. Amazon's everything, got everything. Yeah, but Amazon, everything's taken a really long time on Amazon. Actually, everything. the last few things I've gotten from Amazon are back to normal shipping. So Yeah, well, not for me, again. man. I've been ordering things that I'm still waiting on that are going to get here next week. Well, All right. Probably ordering the things that everybody wants. <laughs> guitars amps I don't get it everybody's trying to learn how to play guitar in this time so, yeah. <laughs> alright so Dave the next one there. this is from Ratchet You Bum I, well, but I honestly <laughs> honestly I I, I really love, love the names like they I, I think they spend yeah. more time figuring out their screen names than the posts that, that they yeah. include yeah <laughs> All right, so this is actually a TikTok video, and there is a father um, with what I'm assuming is his son, you know, uh, a little little, uh, little toddler, probably two and a half, three years old, uh, dancing at a son's game. And the woman next to him has a sign that says, worst dad ever, pointing at him, skipping the daddy-daughter dance to watch the sons. Skipping the daddy-daughter dance to watch the sons? Mm-hmm. And the I daughter- mean, even I'm a better dad than that. And the daughter isn't with him. It's a son that's with him. Right. Yep. That's pretty cold. Like I, I love be some <laughs> sons, but that's cold, man. Like, <laughs> like, and and for the little kid to rat you him know, out it, too. You know, it depends. What what year was this? I mean, was the daddy daughter dance like, and, and and how 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 annoying were her friends and her friends' parents? Because really. I guess the, I guess you could you could you could create a world in which the daddy daughter dance just isn't worth it for the dad no matter what he's Hold doing. Hold on, if it's daddy daughter, that usually implies it's a little girl. We're not talking like middle <laughs> school. We're talking like we're probably talking like five, six, seven like where where all the friends are gonna be annoying because they're little kids, but you, you put up with it because it's your daughter. Like this is just cold, right? How old is the it's kid cold. holding the sign here? Because uh, if he's old enough to yeah, write and boy. he and he ratted out the dad, that's even colder. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's that that's that's cold at a new level. He learned from dad. If that's the case, yeah, that's yeah. I gotta I gotta <laughs> denounce that as as it's just not no. Yeah, we're we're that's fathers bad. of daughters. Bad. We know that we that's just, has he that's not discovered wrong. what a DVR is? I mean, literally those dances only last like forty five minutes until somebody cries enough for everyone to go home. So then you just start the game a little late, and you don't have to watch commercials. Yeah, and and There's if it was no any excuse in today's world, and if it were any time in the last ten years, it was a meaningless game. So why, like, you're gonna scar your daughter for no, life? No, to you watch? St- we still we're well, Suns fans. We still watch every game. Oh, I'm not. So you can do it on DVR. That's and what skip I'm saying. Casino Arizona commercials is what I'm saying. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not like you had to watch it live because the playoffs were on the line. It, you know, you could wait and not scar your daughter for life. That's just cold. Uh, hey Duke and the YouTube chat says I mean he chose his son Sophie's choice he swerved you know <laughs> Um, Someone in the God. in the chat suggested we actually reach out to McDonough to do the trial of Ryan McDonough right. real hey let let's be honest Ryan McDonough ain't doing any sons related interviews until all that cash from uh, from his previous boss has hit the bank account and I believe uh, that I runs that. through he's June. still under contract he's still yeah. making millions a year That's until nice. I think until July so. 
All right. So the next oh. one, the coach Spo. This one's a bit more interesting. Um, he said, "I loved how I loved Mikael Bridges in the draft, and he's starting to look like a future All Defensive Team guy. Crazy length and knows how to use it. Plus, if he can hit his three pointers, he becomes more consistent above the break. Then he can be one of the most efficient three and D guys in the game. What is his ceiling? I would like to caveat this with another post that uh, the timeline put out, like an eight-minute clip, essentially yep. of Mikael Bridges' defense. It was really well put together. Shout out to those guys. A lot of work went into that." But Mikhail Bridges this season, uh, he is guarding uh, the point guard all the way to the power forward, um, guarding the most offensive minded on, player on the opposing team almost every minute that he's on the court. I think that he has been absolutely uh, incredible and uh, likely the Suns, you know, most important player outside of Devin Booker. So the question mm. is, what is his No, ceiling? outside of Booker and Aiden. Yeah. I, I think you're underrating Aiton's impact once he came back. Uh, but so the question is, what is what is Bridges' ceiling, basically? Uh, yes. I I think if we're talking, you know, top peak, what his ceiling could be, I think it's a Kawhi-type guy. Do I think he'll get there? Ooh. No. But I think that's the ceiling when you look at, oh. at the defensive potential and if he gets that three-pointer to fall. I mean, you're looking at a guy that's going to be – uh, quite dynamic and have a large impact uh, impact on a team. Now, I don't know that he'll ever get there, but I think defensively he's going to be spectacular in this league, and that's why I wouldn't include him in uh, in any deal unless you're getting a bona fide superstar in return, and I don't think you're going right. to wind up finding that kind of a package. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. You can't say Kawhi Leonard. That's an insult to Kawhi Leonard. If we're talking Look, Pete, I love like... Mikel Bridges. I love Mikel Bridges. Where I see his ceiling is the guy everyone talks about who who ends up winning finals MVP for just having defended the other team's MVP player well enough to win the series. I see him, his ceiling as the Warriors version of Andre Iguodala, not the Sixers version that scored 20 points a game and was, and was an all-star. I don't see Mikel Bridges ever being an all-star. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't. But I do see him as being the... Uh, the guy who who swings a series in the playoffs for a team and no one and people talk about for the rest of his career. Well, all star doesn't Raja, matter. Wait, all wait, NBA wait, matters. Raja Bell, um, Shane Battier, those kind of players. Um, uh, Tayshawn Prince is a really good comp for him. All these guys who were third best, fourth best on um, a really good team. That's who Mikel Bridges' ceiling is, in my opinion. I mean, I think that's fair. You're, you're. I'm sorry, playing... Tim. I interrupted you. Tim, go. Well, no, I'm talking over you. Just saying that the, you know, someone making an all-star team doesn't matter. Someone making um, all NBA right. is is what's important. And I think that he could absolutely make an all NBA defensive team. Yeah, but... absolutely. I'll be all NBA defensive team, and I would say even first team defense. Right. I don't think a wing like him uh, can win defensive player of the year. It usually goes to someone flashier, but I definitely think uh, first team all defense is a ceiling for him. And I think, I actually think, and this is not crazy, but an Andre Iguodala type finals MVP guy uh, where he gets the MVP because he did so well defending the other team's MVP. Look, I, Dave, I think, I think 
you're in a more realistic realm. When I hear ceiling, I just go lofty. But no, I think that I think that Andre Iguodala type comp makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kurt in the chat even says his floor is Trevor Ariza, which sounds like an insult when you're when you put it in a Suns there context. There you go, Trevor. But, but it's not <laughs> good, right? Peak yeah. Trevor was real good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back back when he wasn't in a Suns uniform, he yeah. was a, he was actually quite a player. So I take that uh, as well. I. I think he's, the reason I put him more like a Badier than a Trevor Ariza is attitude. I think um, Trevor Ariza has proven uh, well. He been he started out early in his career as having a big head and wanting the money over the over the um, being the glue guy, you know, third or fourth or fifth on the team. Um, now I don't I never loved Trevor Ariza's attitude, so I have a hard time with that comp. I I like the Shane Badier, Tayshawn Prince, Andre Iguodala Warriors uh, comps better. Look, I Just me. I didn't appreciate him in in year one, but I I started to really really enjoy his game this year. When you pay a, a lot of attention to what he does on the defensive end, little things, it's the kind of guy you want on your team because you need those kind of guys <laughs> uh, to actually have success in the in the long run. I I'm excited for for what Mikhail brings, especially if Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton become what you expect, that gives Mikhail a lot of room to grow because he doesn't have to carry any load offensively. He can uh, he, he can get his one when, when needed, but it's not going to be uh, where all the onus is on him offensively, which means his defense will probably blossom even more. Um, so... Hey Duke in the chat, I feel bad calling him out right now, but uh, his his response was uh, he uh, his bridges matchups are size dependent and he can't guard players who are bigger one on one than him. And I said, why do you say that? What matchup couldn't he handle this season? And Hey Duke said LeBron. Well, sure. Right. Like the NBA has been looking for a LeBron stopper since LeBron came into the league. Uh, You just you can't say that somebody can't guard somebody because he has a hard time guarding LeBron. You know, like at the end of the day, better offense will or uh, offense, uh, a better offensive player will be able to score on the best defensive player. Yeah, I mean, and and it's 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 arguably the best or the second best player in the league. Like we're not talking like, well, he couldn't guard uh, that, that third string uh, guy from, uh, from Milwaukee uh, or, or something random. We're talking about LeBron freaking James. Of course he struggled. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow. Steve Tamar. Haller mentioned, uh, could he be a Jimmy Buck type of defender and other, or, and offensive player. And I just say no, because he doesn't have that type a, I'm eating yeah. first kind of personality on offense, but defensively, yeah, he could he could be that kind of guy that everyone says is the, one of the best defensive players in the game. Uh, Tamara said Deshaun Stevenson, and I just really appreciate that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a low. Wouldn't you have floor. to? Wouldn't you have to sleep with LeBron's mom? Wasn't that Deshaun Stevenson that uh, that claimed he slept with LeBron's mom? <laughs> that's a weird that's a uh, that's a weird brag man weird well, flex, I guess, well it wouldn't matter if you could guard him at that point you've already scored I mean, on him not, so lebron's mom is not uh luka Doncic's <laughs> mom so it's not really a big brag <laughs> yeah yeah we we would have gotten two superstars if we had drafted luka is all i'm saying in that so <laughs> yeah. uh code jjm said i got the line from max kellerman who the hell is max kellerman 
ESPN. Oh, God. First Max take. Kellerman talking head is all about hot takes. First take. Mm. I don't know what line he's talking about. All right. Um, this one, it's a Sixers trade. All right. So um, it was actually posted by Ray Allen for three. Off-season mock trade. Uh, this is Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre for Tobias Harris. Um uh, Mike Scott, is it? Is that Mike yes. Scott? I think that's Mike Scott. Mike Scott, Richardson, and Tobias Harris. For Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges. <laughs> that's worse than the That's worse than the Ricky Rubio for yeah, Doncic deal. Fan. Yeah, geez. That's a Sixers fan saying that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Plus almost the... worse than me completely butchering who the trade was for. Well, that's like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's just that's just awful. Tobias Harris is the most is was last year's most disappointing Max guy uh, for Devin Booker and Mikel Bridges, basically, because the other two guys are just um, sorry, Josh Richardson, but you're just scrubs. Um, that's like neither. me going to the Sixers fan and going, I will trade you this bottle of laxative for all of your toilet paper and paper towel in your house right now. Let's let's do this. Like it's what. Who in their right mind would ever think that was a good trade? Like, I love I love other fan bases. Like, I don't feel like Suns fan. Well, I won't say that for all Suns fans. But I feel like most Suns fans don't have that bad of trade proposals for other teams. People, we're not going. Hey, so uh, Ty Jerome and uh, and back when we had Tyler Johnson, Tyler Johnson for Giannis. Let's do this. You know, like who who comes up with this crap? Uh, someone just threw in there that can we address address the lack of ability to hit clutch shots by Devin Booker. Can I just say something about this? He missed all of his shots this year, of course, his clutch shots. Yes, everyone's going to harp on that. But can we not re- forget that he hit actually half a dozen clutch shots? He led the league in game winners two years ago on clutch shots. I mean, the Suns only won like four games and he won all of them on clutch shots. It seemed like um, Devin Booker is a clutch shot taker. And last year he missed him. Absolutely. He, he sure he actually, is a clutch he, shot taker. He, you know, but, but wait, you get that ball. He actually Kelly missed him, but he's got half a dozen. And I posted it a couple of different times on bright side of the sun. Um, I reposted it this year when he hit uh, one other one, he actually did hit a big shot early in the season. This year, and so I recapped. I added to his clutch shot making history on a on a post on BrightSideOfTheSun.com, and um, the dude has hit half a dozen big shots, and he led the he led the league in big shots, um, clutch shots, game winners two years ago. So he's got the making ability. He's got to bring it back. Yep. He had a he had a year where he missed them all. Wasn't for it sure. the, wasn't the 76ers game earlier in, early in the year during that during that run? Didn't he have yeah, a big shot that in that? It yeah. Well, yeah. he had the he had the big closeout shots against the Clippers that weren't last second, but they closed it out with a minute minute and a half left. They kept they gave the Suns a, a lead that couldn't be topped, and then he had the big shot against the Sixers that was in the final minute, but it wasn't a, like yeah. a buzzer beat. Um, but the year before he hit a clutch shot, I think it was against Memphis. And then the year before that, he hit like four in a season. So he, the dude makes the big shots. What was weird to me is that Monty was regularly like at least twice, if not three times, maybe it was three times. Booker was given a play drawn up to take a three with the Suns down two. 
when they could have just gone for the tie in the overtime, but each time Monty decided he just wanted us, wanted the Suns to go for the game winner. Is Monty drawing up the play to get De- Devin Booker a three each of those times, and Booker followed the play. Booker has never broken down and not followed the play on the on, on a clutch shot. He's just willing to take them. Yeah, I I think I was going to bring that up. I, I feel like Monty's plays may not have been the setting Devin up for for the most success in a lot of those shots this year too. So you got to take that into consideration. I'm not worried about Devin Booker. The, the dude is clutch. He just had a had a few off uh off plays this year, so he'll get back to it. Uh the next one coming from Zen Point 1, which I believe is one of the timeline guys. Uh I could be wrong about that. Uh MVP of the season, there's an argument for Ricky Rubio and the post goes on to say MVP of the Suns season, there's an argument for Rubio is on off net rating differential for Suns players of the starters are Rubio plus 10.3 in 1802 minutes. Booker plus 6.6 in 2,241 minutes. Bridges plus 5.8 in a little over 1,700 minutes. Aiton plus 4.3 in 996 minutes. Kelly Oubre plus 1.8 in 1,933 minutes. Though I do want to say Kelly Oubre spent a large portion of those minutes at the end of quarters with the entire bench. So I think that should uh, be taken into account. Least valuable players on off net rating for the other Suns. Ty Jerome, negative 15.6 in 315 minutes. Minutes. Uh, Shaq Diallo, negative five and 467. Carter, negative 3.7 and 754. And Kobo, negative 3.1 and 707. And uh, Tyler Johnson, negative 8.1 and 515. Man, those sons back up point guards. They got to do something. Man, I tell you what, when it, when Elia Kobo uh, was actually a positive in the first month or so of the season, you know, when he looked at the stats, he just said, whoopee, uh, because that dude was the most misleading stack guy of the season. Uh, there was an actual stretch of time where he was one of the best off, uh, plus minus guys on the team. And it was, there was no way it could possibly be true. I just felt like it was totally, uh, made up stat, but it was actually, but it was true. So that was, um, a whoopee moment for Elia Kobo. I just, You're welcome uh, Kurt, to Kurt yeah, saying that, that he's surprised that Kobo <laughs> isn't dead last. I, I am Honestly, too. Honestly, me too. But Ty, uh, Kobo, play, uh, Kobo played like dead last. Uh, if if you didn't have that first month, the Kobo <laughs> would be dead last there. You so. can't say how we're supposed to say it, hey, Duke. I used Whoopi twice. <laughs> so now you have to donate five yeah. bucks to the show. Dave, Dave is getting no Whoopi <laughs> right now, uh, and he's a little angry and testy, Now hey, it's Duke, three times so. I've said Whoopi. Oh, now <laughs> we're up to five times. <laughs> I love that we're getting dares in the chats for words to try to work in to the show right now. But yeah, if it I were, think that should be a thing. That should be a thing that we rotate through. People are, <laughs> people give us random words we have to work in. Well, we got nothing else to do. But no, you look at that, and I, I think without that first month, Kobo probably is dead last. But Tyler Johnson was awful when he was given uh, uh, any any minutes. So that doesn't necessarily surprise me. You just kind of forget he was on the team because he. <laughs> I get choked up what thinking happened? about him, uh, yeah, because you choke he on your own spit. No, I just was. I don't know what that was. Um, I'm slowly, oh. I, I, my my lungs and and my my heart are just going. Uh, enough of this. That, was that Tyrone reflux? Yeah, that was Ty, Tyler Johnson. I just can't believe he's gone. 
Uh, no, uh, yeah, when you think about it, I mean, I think I think you don't realize it because he kind of just disappeared where a Kobo just kept getting thrown back in our face constantly. Uh, I, I think that's probably why it, oh, it's a bit surprising. I love the drinking game. The next solar party, we're going to have a word that you have to drink whenever that word is said on the podcast. Oh, we, we could. No, the audience. Audience has to drink. We have to, like, stay sober and, and do the show, but the audience has to drink. We could go Dave, the Pee Wee Herman way, too. We've all podcasted with you at, at night. Man. Yeah, you've That's... been drunk. Yeah, we were... <laughs> <laughs> That's why we call them solar parties. They're, they're straight up a, a, a glass of whiskey in your hand, man. And I'm not even hating. I'm honestly just envious most of the time. All right, so the next one is from Hyperbole. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Is it Hyperbole? No, <laughs> it's this, a hyperbole. Uh, hey man, I said hyperbole until like three years ago in my head. Whenever I saw that word, no matter how many times people say the right say it the right way out loud, that's how that's what I read in my head. Hyperbole. Fair, Let's do that's it. that's not what this is, and I mispronounce a lot of things. But this, <laughs> this is not a hyperbole, right? Uh, Dennis Schroeder. I was just thinking and wondering what the Suns can do to get Schroeder. Um, you know, and I think this was something that we talked about uh, on the trade deadline last season how somebody like Dennis Schroeder if you ignore the large contract would actually have been pretty damn nice for the Suns yeah well, oh sure Schroeder would be great off the bench for the Suns um and he could obviously fill in for Ricky Rubio when Rubio is hurt uh he's a very very Devin good Book. player and those non Devin, Devin Book absolutely I Oklahoma City Thunder was so good this year was because Schroeder was a third guard. Uh, well, and Shea and Chris Paul. So the three of them were great together in a lineup. He could also play next to those guys as well. Booker can slide to small forwardy type uh, matchups. So no, definitely Schroeder would be would Last year, Schroeder would have been really good, but he's also got a history of being a little bit of a malcontent. So I'm not sure how long that's going to last even for the Thunder with him and, and being in good graces and all that. Um, but yeah, last year Schroeder would have been incredible, and the Suns might have actually stayed in that playoff race. Probably would have stayed in that playoff race. Look, anybody with a pulse would be better than the backups that they've had. I mean, I, I'm just happy we didn't have to suffer through a starting point guard that was that bad. But, yeah, adding a guy like a, a Schroeder or somebody that is a serviceable backup would dramatically change the fortunes of, of this team. I, I think why you saw them fall short of – of that eighth seed, granted, we may still get a at the end of the season. Maybe they they get sneak in there and surprise God. everybody. <laughs> but, yeah, but Dude. you know, that'd to be me, great if it was a thirty team playoff. I still <laughs> want to see that. I would love that too. But basically, um, it'd be uh, August Madness. But look, I, you know, I, if you had a back a true backup point guard, uh, this team is is significantly better. Whether it's a sh- whether it's Schroeder or it's somebody that's serviceable like that, it would have a huge impact on this team. So I, I don't know what it would take to get him. Uh, I know the Thunder uh, seem like they're this weird, we're going to rebuild, but we might not kind of team. Uh, but Gallinari is a free agent, so maybe they blow it up. Maybe you can get a guy like that uh, at a reasonable price, uh, but they have to address that spot uh, this 
this off season. I was going to say this See, summer, just, but we have no I clue. disagree, man. I disagree. I actually think their starting lineup is just fine, and they can just concentrate on right. getting a bench. You know what this team I reminds back me of? I point guard. What are we? What are, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> I, mis, I misunderstood. Um, I thought you were you were talking about a, a you went into Gallinari and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, you so yeah, a little concerned. Sorry, I'm right. saying backup. I'm saying OKC <laughs> might blow it up, so you might be able to get. Uh, as Schroeder uh, uh, as a backup point guard. If Gallinari with, leaves, yes, yes, that's right, what I'm got saying. I got you. Um, you know who this team reminds me of, though? And I was watching, uh, it was uh, Kevin Love's, I believe it was his first 50-point game uh, for the Timberwolves. They were playing against OKC, but I, I don't know if anybody remembers, but it was um, uh, the Timberwolves were actually a pretty damn good team floating just below 500, and their starting lineup was great and their bench was just absolute trash you know there was a lot of anthony tolliver that season uh it was the season in which uh they they brought in jj Berea, i believe but that's kind of what the suns team reminds me of yeah i think it's well, fair you know uh i really do think that by opening day of next season, the Suns bench. Suns bench is going to be just like um, everything else James Jones has been doing, is to raise the floor, fill in the foundation of the floor. There won't be um, there. We don't know yet if you can acquire high end, um, high ceiling players. So I, but I do think the bench won't be the problem by next year as far as productivity. Um, I'm more worried about top end uh, talent and and you know DeAndre Ayton becoming consistent in the in the way he was playing the last 20 games of this year or so um, that kind of thing. And so I'm not, and I'm not as worried about the bench. It'd be nice to have a high ceiling guy as your sixth man, like a Dennis Schroeder. I mean, that dude can go off for 30, any game. I don't know if the Suns will have that coming off the bench and that's what they, what they need, but they won't have embarrassing. And I don't mean Anthony Tolliver's embarrassing. I just mean he's not worth 20, 25 minutes a game. They'll have guys who are worth the, worth the minutes. What is Blueberry on uh, on the YouTube chat with this underage drink. We are thing. not telling people can, they can drink <laughs> underage because no what one in this hell? world has ever drank underage. Dave's, so we Dave are not is, telling people to be the first ever. Dave is three times the drinking age, so you don't have to worry about Dave drinking. Between us, enough. we're well over age. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Kurt said that Frank the Tank is going to lead the bench for sure. Yeah, that's the problem, buddy. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though there look um i'm gonna be a frank defender there's there He's are a fine. lot worse things than frank coming off the bench frank is actually good leading the bench as your best bench player is probably not ideal go right i agree with that and go i don't even know if frank would disagree with that go back and look um, when frank got when frank yeah. got hurt that's when you know things really turned because you had nobody off the bench that was really right. providing you much of anything so really did miss frank when he got hurt, they missed a lot of guys when they got hurt, man. That Suns had so many freaking injuries. Unbelievable. Uh, so Zen point one, the next one, uh, again, I'm pretty sure this is one of the timeline guys. I'm sure somebody in the, in the YouTube chat can correct me. Uh, I asked Twitter who they would like to start a franchise with. If you could only pick one, Mikhail Bridges, Kawhi Leonard, or Paul George out of 383 <laughs> votes, 51% went Bridges, 46% went Kawhi, and 2.6 voted for PG. I think my brain um, just exploded. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to figure out 
Like, I guess, you know, PG is, how old is he? 28, 29 at this point? Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to start a franchise with him. And his leg exploded, you know? (laughs) Right, all right, I guess that's fair. Kawhi Leonard, like, what? Why? No. (laughs) Why? No one would ever pick this guy. cannot take Mikael Bridges over Kawhi. That is so funny. Three, (laughs) those three, so, okay, so almost... So over fifty percent of uh, you know almost four hundred people of a Suns Reddit. Yes, yes. I mean you're but, talking about well, guys who probably um, haven't watched either of those other two players play much. But you should know that Kawhi has a has. <laughs> I love. I, I I get it. People are trying to project what Mikhail will be and assuming that Kawhi is towards the tail end, but. Come on! You pick the guy that's that's won multiple championships and has proven he can take over uh, and and dominate in multiple different situations, and likely would have been uh, you know, one of the title contenders, if not favorites, if we were in the playoffs right now. And Mikael Bridges has had two okay seasons uh, as as a young guy, as the third best player, maybe on a on a bad team like that's just ridiculous come on guys probably probably fourth best uh let's see code um jjm said frank was good you guys go too easy on charge i, I don't think that we go too easy on charge just the charge just kind of didn't work out he wasn't bad can you honestly name like a boneheaded play he made the entire season probably not i at least can't but more often than not he just didn't he's do a lot, problem, a lot of the time. People don't like him because he looks goofy. He looks like he's one of us out there on the floor, on the court sometimes, bumbling around and stumbling, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling to a, to a layup. But the guy is pretty effective. He just has a, he's a high floor, low ceiling guy. He's, he's effective out there. And sometimes he makes a difference. And sometimes he doesn't make a difference in the game, but he always looks a little, a little stumbly. So that's probably why people don't like him. Yeah, his worst call this season was that haircut. I mean, he he was what he was. He, I I can't hate on a guy that came in and was okay. Nobody was people were expecting him to just be a stopgap in most cases. Nobody thought he was going to be a star, and he came in and he did that. I mean, he wasn't great. He wasn't awful. Yeah. He was just there. So, Blueberry, tell said, you what, he's better than Bender and, and Chris. Yeah, he Word. Blueberry Word. said Dario was extremely average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Which what he is. He's extremely average. Which is actually our new tagline for the show as well. The Sun Solar <laughs> Panel. Extremely average. Let's well, let's put that on some display ads. Three and a, that out there. Three yeah. star review. That's a <laughs> extremely average. <laughs> <laughs> What do you expect when you got three white guys in glasses? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we are the Dario Sarich of podcasts. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and everybody well over the age of 30. So our ambition has just completely dried up at this point, too. And I, I think it's showing shows on the show. All right. If, the, if the, this one is coming from um, Krusty Goat, if the season resumes, <laughs> go. What That's Dave's hand. <laughs> what lineup do you want to see the Suns try? I want to see uh, some serious towers out there with like Devin Booker and Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Baines um, and DeAndre Ayton. You, 
you just don't want to win? Is that what you're... No, it's just a bunch of big-ass Well, a bunch the lineup I want to see is the, is the lineup that everybody uh, obviously noticed was hugely effective with uh, Bridges and Ubre uh, back there at the forwards and uh, Booker and Rubio and Aiden out there with them. That's what I really like to see. What it's fun to see in short bursts is Booker at point guard um, with, a, with shooters around him and stuff. If the Suns acquire a shooter, we'll see Devin Booker at point guard a little bit more, <clears throat> but uh, definitely that that's a great, that's a really effective lineup. I worry about the rebounding over time and certainly the durability over time, but that one's fun to watch. Give me Booker, Bridges, Ubre, Kaminsky, and Aiton. I would love to see that lineup. Because if Frank's hitting, if Frank's hitting the three, if Frank's hitting the three, I... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't necessarily want to see a whole lot of Frank and Aiden next to each other. I, if if uh, Frank is hitting the three, I'm I'm in on it. We might be romanticizing Frank Kaminsky a little bit. <laughs> How am I supposed to remember? Time. Yeah, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, like, it's like dating. You romanticize your exes when you can't date anyone at all in quarantine. And so this is like this is like, you know, we're romanticizing. Some of these guys we haven't seen in a while. I've been stuck on Kaminsky Cove for six weeks or longer than that. I've been in this house eight weeks now. All right, you were like, quarantined on Kaminsky I, Cove. So I'm just I'm here for it now. I, I you know, yeah. I, basically, <laughs> basically, I, I'm I'm at the point with with Kaminsky where I, like I'm I'm having those hallucinations when you're wandering the desert and it just looks really good. All right, I need some water, but I'll take some Frank Kaminsky. All right. <laughs> I mean, we should definitely completely ignore the games where he went like zero for eight, but from behind the line. I, I, <laughs> I don't I don't remember those at all. To ignore those, <laughs> but they looked pretty, man. The way you jacked that shot up looked pretty. <laughs> All right, uh, last one. This is coming from Glow Worms. Uh, who was our MIP this season? Most, most important, improved. most important player. At 372 votes, 146 went to Devin Booker, 58 to Rubio, 58 to Aiton, 62 to Oubre, 35 to Bridges, and 13 to Aaron Baines. And I just want to say that it is a damn travesty that Ricky Rubio and DeAndre Aiton got the same amount of votes there because Ricky Rubio was clearly more important to the Sun's success this season than DeAndre Aiton was. And it's not even really all that close well and it's not that hard to tell either because all you have to do is take one step back to the year previous and go oh that's what it looked like without a point guard he wasn't good like ricky rubio came in uh, and stabilized things he was a big reason why they went on that run when Aiton was suspended uh, and and a big reason why Devin Booker was able to have sustained success because he didn't have to play major minutes uh, at point guard. Ricky Rubio had the biggest impact of anybody on this team. Minus Absolutely Rubio had the biggest impact for sure. Well, minus Devin Booker, of course, but I mean, most important guy to the team this season to make them a little bit better uh, was Ricky Rubio for sure. The most important long-term, Devin Booker. The second most important term, Deion. Uh, but the most important this past season to get the t- Suns to be respectable. I mean, let's let's not forget, this is a team that was like <clears throat> 29th or 30th in just about every important category the last couple of years. This year, they were in the um, 16 to 19 range. So Rubio made the biggest difference on that. But going long-term, of course, it's still Booker and Aiden. 
Um, so finishing this off, what are you guys into this week? Dave, let's go ahead and start with you, buddy. All right. So these are quarantine times. So we end up spending more time, even more than usual in front of the TV, um, rather than going out and experiencing things. So what I'm into this week, I watch a couple of things on Netflix that I had not watched before. One is brand new and the other has been around for years and I finally got around to it. Dark Mirror. Um, have you guys watched Dark Mirror ever? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So it's like an IT uh, a version of Twilight Zone, where what if some crazy stuff happened with artificial intelligence type things? Um, and it's really neat. It's really interesting storylines. Yeah. You're like, wow, okay, I can totally see this actually happening someday in the future when this kind of thing has actually been invented. Have you, For sure. Have you watched the White Christmas episode with John Hamm? No, no. I've only, I'm only like three in. Go watch so that watched one the next. the Miley Cyrus episode which was actually surprisingly interesting. I watched the, um, uh, the, the, the very first one, I forget the guy, but he's yeah. one of the Avengers, uh, shoot. Um, anyway, um, doing AI through a video game when they yeah. actually get to be players inside the game. And then the most interesting one, and actually the one that was actually, um, I thought was the coolest was the guy who, um, who really just wanted to meet the dude who invented social media, basically um, the social media guru. And he ends up doing a kidnapping. And what I thought was so none of the London cops had guns. And so when a guy, the guy brandished a gun, everybody just had to basically do a standoff and wait for him to, to off uh, until they could uh, either, either sniper him or he, he gave up really interesting episode um, about how, how far people will go to get their point across. So uh, Dark Mirror, really interesting, and I'm looking forward to watching some more episodes this weekend. Uh, my daughters, they're all in their 20s, and so they got me a couple of years ago <clears throat> into the only thing that I can get them to keep talking to me in conversations is if I watch these stupid reality dating shows. So <laughs> bored as ever, I watched Too Hot to Handle the last few days, and that is the dumbest reality dating show I've ever seen. And yet I still binged it and watched it in a couple of days. Have you seen um, Love is Blind? Is That's worse. Yes. I, oh, Love, and, <laughs> Love is Blind was actually maybe dumber. I don't know. I mean, they were both like rivaling the dumbest possible thing. Could you imagine that? That's like if an NBA GM uh, never saw a player and just drafted them number one overall is, is what love is blind after is. just talking to them yeah, on the phone yeah like like it just insanity <laughs> insanity. It's insanity because you can't you can't have any idea of how they play basketball by talking to them on the phone that's the same thing as this love that love is blind show how, how do you have any idea if you're gonna actually like the person just from their voice just crazy so, steve holler said did you say dark mirror isn't it black mirror Yes, it is Black oh, Mirror. Oh, dang it. It's Black Mirror. I wasn't... Sorry, yeah. I was trying not to be racist. But no, um, it's, it's, it's Black Mirror. You're absolutely right, man. Sorry about that. Uh, Black Mirror. Right. Greg. So, uh, since Dave had a few, uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, finally broke down and subscribed to, to HBO. Uh, HBO Now, which will be HBO Max soon. I'm excited for that. But uh, I get it through Hulu. Barry. I have, oh, if you have God, not Barry watched so Barry, yes. that show yep. is hilarious and intense and interesting. And Bill Hader and Henry Winkler, if I told you those two guys starred in a show, you'd think it was a bad sitcom with like 80s yeah. laugh track, right? They both have stellar performances. Yeah. 
in that show. I mean, and there's just that I, I binge watched that whole thing. Loved that. Uh, and then, uh, Gaslight Anthem. I've, I've, it's a band I've fallen back in love with them over, uh, what, uh, what, what, what Gaslight record Brian uh, Fallon has been doing these weekly shows. Brian Fallon for anybody watching right now is a singer of Gaslight Anthem. He's been doing these weekly, um, um, uh, live stream Instagram shows. He had on, uh, Dave Haas, uh, earlier in the week. I think he's like six episodes in, but that's been super cool to watch. Yeah. What, uh, what Gaslight Anthems? Uh, American Slang is the, the, I believe that's the name of the record is the one I've been it is, yeah. listening to, but then I, I, you know, I have that on vinyl I listen to, and then I dive into their, uh, into the rest of their catalog on, uh, on Spotify, but I, I've been loving them and you have to give a shout out to, uh, the last dance, uh, that, uh, you know, I, the, everybody's oh, yeah. watched that and, uh, and as much as I hate Jordan and the Bulls, I actually found that interesting. But I only watch it after I watch the uh, the Suns uh, classic game that Fox Sports Arizona plays. Then I watch uh, The Last Dance, and that's what yeah. I'll be doing on Sunday again this week. So. I'll be watching it after I watch the new episode of Westworld. As crazy and nutty as that show is, I still I still got to see it all the way through. How about you, Tim? What are you What are you into? Uh, Lucky Boys Confusion re-released their, shit, this album came out in 1998, I think, uh, Growing Out of It on, uh, on vinyl, re-released it, they released it for the first time on vinyl, Growing Out of It, one of 500 copies, I got one of 500 copies. Wow. Uh, it is, uh, uh, just an absolutely beautiful record, and I honestly cannot believe how pristine it sounds, uh, on record, so I've, uh, been listening to that and, uh, you know, living out the nostalgia a little bit, uh, but season three of Oz Ozark has just been, uh, it's been good mm-hmm. so far. It's a, you know, I really hate that, hate that lady. Ozark is great. Yes. <laughs> but I'm like, man, you keep messing it up for him. You're going to get this guy killed. Okay. So, yeah. so a couple things from the chat. MT says you can't hate Jordan. Yeah, you can hate Jordan. If you lived through 1992-93 and you watch him take the one chance you legitimately had at a finals away at a championship away from you, you can hate Michael Jordan. This guy does because 9-year-old me hated Michael Jordan and I never let it go. So suck it MT, you can't hate Michael Jordan. And two, <laughs> uh Reagan in the chat said that he was born uh, I assume it's a he, maybe it's a she. Uh, born in uh in the mid-90s and didn't really see the 92-93 team, wanted to know what uh, I, what it was like to be a fan back then. Dave, uh, we can kind of answer this. You probably remember a little bit better. I remember uh, I remember a lot of it. But, Dave, why don't you start, and then I can, I can finish that question. Wait, what? What, 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 what was saying? it like? What was it like to see games in 92-93 and to be a Suns fan during that time? Oh, man, I only went to a couple. My dad still had his own tickets during those days, uh, but I did go to a couple. It was it was fun. It was everybody was wearing sun's gear. Everybody, you know, up and down the street, everyone uh, wearing purple and orange and all that. It was really fun to be a Suns fan during those years, for sure. Uh, and then um, going to the games, uh, Matt, you know, uh, the first days of America West Arena, that was really fun um, for sure. Everyone, it, and it was fun during the seven seconds or less. That was when I was more going to games during seven seconds or less. I don't. I don't think even. I don't even think seven seconds or less touched quite what it was like in ninety two, ninety three. But you got to remember, there was no Coyotes, no uh, you know, no Diamondbacks at that point. Cardinals had been <clears throat> one of the right. one of the dregs uh, of the NFL. So. 
they weren't a big deal here. Literally, it was the Suns and ASU to a lesser extent. Everybody fell in love with that team. I mean, all you have to all you have to know, Reagan, is in in the middle of June, after they lost the finals, two hundred and fifty thousand people lined the streets of Phoenix for a second place parade for this team. It sounds yeah. insane when you think about it now, but go look it up on YouTube and look for that parade. It was crazy how much this town loved that team. There has not been anything like it that I've experienced. Even even the Diamondbacks championship run wasn't quite like that. I, I was there for that parade and I don't think it was it, it touched what the what that Suns parade for a second place team was like. It was it was really yeah. special. Y'all crazy, man. All right. On that note, uh, thank you, everybody, so much for waking up uh, bright and early with us every yep, Saturday thanks, morning. Guys. Joining on YouTube. Oh, um, Hamboy Plays just got here. Hey, all. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We're done. <laughs> Hit that on demand. You can version. watch the replay as soon as it gets, uh, as soon as it becomes available. <laughs> and on that note, we will be back again next Saturday, same time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know you hear it from us all the time to follow us on Twitter at Sun Solar Panel. Here's the thing. You can also follow us individually. I promise we are nice people. You can find Greg Esposito on Twitter at Espo. You can find Dave King on Twitter at Dave King NBA. And you can find myself, Tim Tompkins, on Twitter at Radio Tim NBA. Give us a follow. Say hello. We'd love to hear from you.